Welcome, everybody, to Chumps for Change, the cultured pop culture podcast committed to changing the whole goddamn world. I'm Bri. I'm Jack. And we're your chumps, two broke artists who believe the world could be a better place. We hope this podcast can make a difference no matter how small. If you're putting in the work, too, this one's for you. This is episode... 10. 10 of Chumps for Change. And today, we're talking about... Love. Ooh, cute. Yeah, right? Love. Uh, it's the love month. So, time to talk about a little bit of love. A little bit of love. Yeah. What you, what you, what you got? Uh, I I don't want to jump right into it, play my hand a little. He wants to be a little bit more Yeah, I feel like we can work into it. Um, (laughs) I had to make, had to make sure it was recording. Uh, it sounds a little bit weird. Hello? Hello? Check, check. There we go. Okay. That's working fine. Right on. Technical difficulties. You're here with us. You know. Yeah, we're doing it. We're you know doing what it, it is. <laughs> um, well, what's what's going on? Well, I figure one of the best spots we always like to start with pop culture. So, why not start with uh, the things that we love right now? Because there's a lot going on. I know definitely. Like we've been watching the Olympics. A oh lot. hell yeah! Hell um, Olympics. It's Olympic season. It's also we did the Super Bowl once mm-hmm. in a yeah. lifetime. They say. Yeah. Well, I I imagine these two teams are probably going to come back again, if I had to guess, um, <laughs> personally. Um, but huge, again, I'm I'm a huge fan of underdogs, so I was rooting for Joe Burrow and the, the Bengals. Oh, sure. Weren't able to pull it out, but uh, I think it's, again, the first Super Bowl of hopefully a couple that they end up at. Yeah. Um, how about you? You're not a huge uh, sports fan. Oh, no, not even a little bit. Um, so I was just very fascinated by like the lore i'm always one of those people who loves the the advertisements mm. when it comes to the super bowl yeah of course um though this year i i feel like i wasn't really i was like what's going on but mm. the halftime show the halftime show was mm. the real fun part i will say i was loving that gotcha yeah, yeah. i think I, it was really a lot of people talked about that that yeah. was i think it was very aimed at us oh. am i wrong like it was very um our era of like when you turn on the radio, you're hearing the songs that they did at the, the Super club, Bowl. Yeah. In the club, getting Eminem. Like in the same way that Aerosmith and The Who was like aimed at our parents' generation. Sure. Like this was very much, I think, aimed at the 90s kids. Oh, big know? time. Big time. With a little bit of like Kendrick Lamar, which was really fun. That mm-hmm. performance was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I Absolutely. really enjoyed that. A little that. bit of modern mixed in. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even uh, Eminem. You did lose yourself. He didn't do Rap God. like you, you I was really, it. I was banking on Rap God. I was like, did he do Rap God? Yeah. <laughs> I, I figured they would have got him for two. Yeah. That was the thing that was crazy to me is that some of them, they're just like, all right, we got him. Yeah. We did one song. That's enough. I'm like, you you have such a stacked cast. I mean, it's yeah, such you a got discography. Mary J, Blige doing her thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Dre. It was yeah. it was pretty. Anderson Pack on the drums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. It was a lot going on. It yeah. was a lot going on. Um, and I mean, like, you know, even for someone who's not into sports, we had a Super Bowl party and we, yeah. you, you made some food. It was fantastic. It was really fun. Um, it was a fun little kickback. And so, you know, it was a, it was a nice opportunity to just kind of get together, not doing anything crazy because, oh, you know, sure. COVID still, still very but, much relevant. Yeah. But that's a, our bubble. It's nice to have these like huge pop cultural events where you can like kind of Absolutely. center events around them and kind of bring people together and. You always have something to talk about. The Olympics mm-hmm. have kind of like been my go-to <clears throat> for the past couple of days. Oh yeah, just like oh, you watching the Olympics. I always have something to like fall back on, mm-hmm. which is really great. 
um, yeah, it's been, yeah, this like once in a lifetime Olympics hitting yeah. right back with, like we just had another Olympics, the Summer Olympics, and then we're also getting like the Super Bowl. So it's just like mm-hmm. big, big year for athletes. True. Yeah, yeah. They don't get their years ever. I'm going to say that I think there's a difference where the Super Bowl was like a nice little escape from things for mm-hmm. a while. That's kind of like, all right, let's put like COVID on pause. Like you can't, sure. but you yeah. know, let's forget about it for a second and just like enjoy this thing. And the Olympics for me have had the opposite effect where it really brings around how fucked up the world is (laughs) because you know there was um we got really into figure skating we discovered our passion and our love (laughs) for figure skating yeah closeted Um, figure skating yeah uh and nathan chen bringing home the gold so fun to watch but there's been a whole ordeal and controversy with one of the they're called the russian olympic committee because they got caught doping a few years ago Mm -hmm. so they're no longer russia Yes. They've had that title stripped of so them. So you have like this conglomerate of yeah. Olympians who yeah. are from Russia, <laughs> but like we don't acknowledge. Sure. It, it, it's weird. And on top of that, we had, I think she's like 15. She's only 15. Yeah. And she's like one of the best in the world. They kept Hands hyping down. her up, she's but incredible. she failed a drug test, a performance enhancing drug test. She did. And they still let her compete. Yeah. So it kind of. I don't know, it was a weird moment for that. And mm-hmm. also at the very beginning of the Olympics, they kept talking about the politics of China <laughs> and yeah. like where China is in the world and like the relationship between China and Russia, who are these two like giant superpowers. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily, it's not escapism in the same way. Oh, it's more yeah. kind of. Not a way that you can like ignore. Whereas yeah. like with the Super Bowl, it's like purely american oh yeah (laughs) and we're gonna have a good time we got like dre like fuck Mm -hmm. it there's nothing else going on in the world yeah yeah got just put it on pause and the olympics just haven't been that for me it's Mm -hmm. been more of kind of like a sober oh like shit's fucked you know it is also heartbreaking to see i feel like i've seen more falls than Mm -hmm. ever before like michaela schifrin like she didn't qualify she wasn't able to finish a couple mm-hmm. of places and it really kind of like shone a light on how much athletes and olympians especially because mm-hmm. like typically like under normal circumstances you're training for extended periods of time and then every four years like this yeah. is your moment to shine and you're like i don't there is something kind of like you know we're talking about them like greek gods you yeah know? yeah but they're just there's a lot of people. pressure they're just people yeah again bringing back home the doping thing like, yeah people are so incredibly i myself am guilty of being incredibly <laughs> hard on that girl but she's 15 she's 15 at the end of the day yeah yeah she's just 15 um, and we <laughs> who was it uh charlie kirk on twitter called uh my my olympic crush Eileen Gu. Oh, Eileen. Um, yeah. <laughs> Called her <laughs> a... Goo. Yeah, so she's in California. She grew up in California, but she uh, is competing for China. Um, um, and he called her a traitor. <laughs> and wow. this is like an 18-year-old girl who's yeah. like now... <laughs> yeah, a lot of the Olympians are minors. They're yeah. very young. Yeah. Uh, and then it's just like all they've known. Uh, it's crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. Um and that pressure that of like pressure. the whole world is watching. Is I mean, insane. like last year, Simone Biles, uh, mm-hmm. when she opted out from yep. obvious mental health reasons, like mm-hmm. it makes sense. Like yeah. one error, and then the commentators are like, 
going yeah, hard. They really go. They in. all have an opinion, even with the the Russian figure skater. Like they chose. Well, <laughs> they didn't when when she was skating <laughs> yeah, after oh, that. They were opted, completely they silent. Were, had nothing to say. Which Cricket, is crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was. But and you know, again, the thing to keep in mind is like it's it's such a tricky situation. Yeah. Uh, where <laughs> I was gonna say it's not her fault, but like she took the drugs. But sure. Um. Do we know if she was aware of it? Oh, I would assume so. I don't I, think this is something that could go in your system without you knowing. There right? was even talk of like contamination with her like grandfather's medications. Mm, um, interesting. Yeah, that was a little thing going around. So I'm like, I don't know. I don't okay. know the, the full story. Yeah. Um, she's 15. Yeah. All I know is that the Anti-Doping Association took a hard stance against oh, her yeah. being allowed to compete. And it happened anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and the Olympic Committee. True. Like, all of them were like, no, and she still was able to, which is like... And got gold, didn't yeah, she? But, but that's the part that I mean, like, if the system worked, mm-hmm. she doesn't compete. Sure. And it's not this huge thing that it has been, but instead it is, like, squarely on her shoulders, which yeah. feels unfair because, I mean, if you test positive, you shouldn't be able to compete, regardless of whether it's a accident or not you know i mean think about the summer olympics yeah that's such a different standard uh was it takari richardson Mm -hmm. um i think so she the track star incredible Mm -hmm. dealing with the passing of her mom Mm -hmm. um obviously tough for anybody um dealing on top of that with training and hoping to qualify for the olympics yeah like I'd be stressed too. I and that was cannabis. That was by the way, which was was legal in the state in which she was. Yeah. uh, consuming it and 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 like just on a side note (laughs) this shouldn't (laughs) affect the decision but like weed is not like gonna give you superpowers oh it's not by if anything it's gonna slow you down (laughs) it's not gonna make you faster uh it doesn't speed me up i can tell you that yeah and i've taken i like (laughs) (laughs) we're consuming weed for far less like i'm not like i'm like oh i gotta go to the grocery store i'm stressed (laughs) let me so, Have like, you yeah. heard that TikTok sound? That's I better smoke a bowl before I, I leave. I better smoke a bowl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I better take a hit before I go. Constantly. So, like, imagine dealing with all this stress. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and then still on top of that, performing as well as she did, and to have to turn around and be like, "Sorry, nope, you're not yeah. doing it. We're not yeah. letting you in." And uh, like, what a year or so later, watch the same thing. What mm-hmm. I would argue. I think it's every two. I mean, oh, no, 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 wait. It was delayed, mm-hmm, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So COVID. to watch the same thing happen and then, like, mm-hmm. sh- this girl gets to yep. compete. Right. And not only compete, but get win, the, gold. win gold. Yeah. It's just like, what are the rules? Absolutely. What are the rules, people? But, but that's what I mean is, like, in that same way, I don't want to continue the rhetoric of, like, making it the athlete's fault of, like, the mm. system was flawed in letting her through. Yeah. And, like, I, I feel like when we're talking about the added pressure on mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. It just only adds to that pressure to be like, it's the athlete's responsibility. We can't, our hands are tied. It's like, no, you had a job to do and you didn't. Yeah, and now you're making it this poor girl's problem that, yeah. you know, even if she did and it was malicious intent, sure. like she shouldn't have been allowed to compete anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, anyway, it's tough. It's hard. But um. Yeah, any anything else new in the pop culture sphere before oh, we get into our topic today? Big time. Uh, speaking on the month of love, mm-hmm. uh, marry me, marry me. We watched Marry Me. <laughs> <laughs> you did. I did because I, did I do not value my time. Um, 
And it's we're at this point where we're getting, I feel, very odd pairings and mm-hmm. casting choices. We're running out of options. We're running out of like when you spin the wheel and you're like, okay, who are we who yeah. are we getting together? And so to see J Lo and this, Owen Wilson. This bombardment. <laughs> um and then obvious like we're Was there any like from the outside looking in? Because you've seen it, I haven't. Sure, when I sure. saw these commercials, I'm like, there's maybe, a rom com happening. And yeah, like we're watching with, the Super Bowl, we're watching the Olympics, so it's just like nonstop. Every yeah. other like ad is but like marry me. And we're like, we gotta see this. When I see Owen Wilson and J Lo, sure. I don't think, ooh, sparks flying. Oh, the chemistry was How was it actually watching it? Oh my goodness. It keeps me up at night and not in the good way (laughs) yeah it haunts my dreams um it was hard to watch um but i (laughs) couldn't stop it's it's um very fun to see um people from different spears coming together like sarah silverman was there oh Um, interesting yeah she was there she was a big part of it um so you gotta wonder but there's also something very fascinating about watching something like this. Because I feel like, especially for us having such a huge background in film, um, it consumes our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we know how it should go. There's like this expectation of like, okay, you got your pairing and you like, this is step A to step B. That was not They execute. didn't do that? They didn't do that. They wow. did their own thing, which is kind of, you got to admire Ad- that. <laughs> Admirable, even if it fell on its face. And it fell hard. Um, <laughs> But I, we got some performances from J-Lo, got a couple of original okay. songs, um, a lot of f- commentary on um, the poor. It was very, it's like, she was like, I'm a wealthy person. And it was flaunted throughout oh. the entire, she's like, I'm a celebrity. She was like throwing her money around. She's like, let me just buy you off. Uh, that was a constant oh, thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Was, it, was it like actually explored or was it just No, that it was would her? pop up. Um, it wasn't like a. It brought up and then they would drop it. It was sprinkled throughout the. So I was like, when are they going to tackle this? And they never did. <laughs> they never did. <laughs> but they were like going out of their way to be like, oh, I'm like this wealthy like. Yeah. I was like, what J Lo? And it's just like the the layers because it's like Jenny from the block. Like mm-hmm. she's like I'm from around the way. Yeah. No. No. Owen Not Wilson this. from the block. Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson was from the block, though mm-hmm. he had a beautiful apartment that didn't make sense for a math teacher. But oh yeah, you know. well I, that's the new girl effect. You know what I mean? True, true. Um, or just like the friends effect. The like, friends effect. Yeah, yeah they started it. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I I do agree with you when you just when you're just thinking of it like how how did that pitch go in terms of like we've got this rom-com idea with j-lo and owen wilson yeah and there were a bunch of producers that were like yeah and, <laughs> I, and see it. I mean this is just for me like part of what feels like hollywood has grown so distant from like real life in certain ways yeah. and this is one of the like biggest instance instances i can point to and sure. be like if you're thinking of it from a producer standpoint, you're like, yeah, it's going to make money. Yeah, yeah. If you're thinking about it from any other standpoint, you're like, those two people will not have any chemistry whatsoever because oh, they're yeah. just so different. <laughs> um, it, again, it does feel like you spin a wheel and it's like this one is Lin-Manuel Miranda and like <laughs> Olivia Munn. I don't yeah. know. Part of me is thinking because I'm assuming this had to be produced in um, 
during COVID, like when the pandemic was like running mm. rampant. So I'm like, were they like just asking a bunch of people? And these are the only and they two were like, that agree. <laughs> they were like, oh, and was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm not doing anything. Yeah, why not? Why not? J Lo, I get to be. They were like, are you sure? Because J Lo produced it, obviously, because uh, like a quarter of it was just her performing, yeah. her being J Lo. Of course, you know. Um, so she's like, I need a, I need a right hand man who's gonna be opposite me. But I mean, at least get like, you know, Ben. That's what I was thinking. I was like, this is a perfect. Like, but they were like a little too on your, the nose. A yeah. little too on the nose. It's too soon. Too soon. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, it just doesn't seem like a logical fit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad to hear that it bombed. Maybe yeah. it will prevent other things like this from it happening. Won't. It won't. I, it probably won't. But <laughs> you know it again, won't. we're really are we really running that low? That we're just picking two celebrities at random and being like, a rom-com with these would work. Yeah, we got, what, Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum coming up next? Oh, yeah. The Last City. Well, I mean, that looks like it has a plot aside it's, from... It seems like it, like, I'm like, the more like I watch the trailers, the more I'm like, okay, I'm picking up yeah. on some details. What's that it, we're Lost City? The Lost City. She's like an author writing, like, you know, those soapy... And Brad Pitt's in that, too, so there's going to be so like got a... the, the Brad Pitt seal of approval. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, on the surface, a little bit strange. Little bit I strange. would even say I feel like the the beginning of this trend is Jungle Cruise. Oh, with I don't. The rock th- and yeah, I mean, pain. I don't think Emily Blunt and The Rock are maybe a natural fit. Oh no. You know, Especially like they post- they tried and that movie did it the best that it could. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I talk shit about Hollywood and I defend anything Disney does. Um, but I, like they tried their best. I like both of those people separately. Yeah. But it's just not like a natural. It's funny because I watched it and then my brain, I was uh, getting ready to fix my mouth to ask you. I was like, do they even end up together or are they just like friends at the end? Do they end up together at the <laughs> yeah, end? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. There, there are some like yeah. romantic tension there. It's, it's very... Um... They seem like friends to me. <laughs> yeah. See what I mean? Like, I think they were going for romance they and it just like came off friends. platonic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but who are we to judge? Yeah. You know? And I mean, this brings us full circle of sometimes love is hard to True. define. That's, that's a thing. Who are we to Who, who are, are we, we to judge? Love looks different for everybody. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> Except when it's J Lo and Owen Wilson. I think we can judge it. We situation. all know that that is wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, you want to flaunt your wealth. You want it to be a thing, but you sure. don't want to explore the privilege yeah, of it. But then... once you start walking hand in hand with yeah. Owen Wilson as J Lo, I feel like you open I'm yourself to critique yeah. as the you know flaunting celebrity type. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I figured <laughs> uh, since since you know February's got Valentine's Day. Um, it does. It, it's kind of this time of love and that it might be a good time to explore some of that. And I know it's not something that we, it's kind of within the realm of stuff that we've talked about before. Um, so, uh, just kind of trying to define it or break it down a little bit, I guess, yeah. uh, and explore all the different ways in which love can be in your life. I love love. Um, so I'm very love, love. excited. Yeah. Love, love. Um, I, I do, this is not necessarily related to the stuff that I have, but um, some of the people that I listen to, um, they, they have a really good question that's like, if aliens okay. came to Earth <laughs> and they had <laughs> never experienced this thing called love, how would you describe it to them? Mm. And I think that's a good place to start. As that weird is. of a prompt as it is, but like, because everybody knows how love feels to them. Sure. But the thing is, is it's such an experience that how do you encapsulate it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, what does I it mean for you? Feel like it's very um, consuming, but mm. intentionally by choice. I think there are a lot of things, especially um, in my adult life, um, where I'm like, okay, like I maintaining a good diet or mm. taking care of yourself or keeping the house clean when you live with others. Like there are all these things that consume your life, like chores or work or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. um, but there are the things, the other things that you like opt mm. to consume your life, like friends or hanging out with them just nonstop or being a little bit more selective about a job where you just like love the people uh, or just like binge watching this like new show that mm -hmm. is just so fascinating that you can't put down um, or just like spending hours with your cat. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's a bunch of different things. Um, and I think it's just like, choice by consumption yeah where for you does that distinction lie is it in the choice of like you think there's the things that you have to do and then the things that you choose to do is that where it falls for you mm. of like there's work and paying the bills and things like that and then there's the opposite side there's like obligation in love is that kind of how you see that divide sure um i wouldn't even consider it obligation um, I think the way I'm perceiving it and there are even like with the things that you have to do, the tasks that most would consider mundane, like, you know, we are doing our taxes now. Mm -hmm. um, there's a bit of reframing and connecting it to the things you do love. And I think that's where I'm at right now where I'm having the ability to pinpoint what exactly makes me me and like gets me up mm. I'm just like <laughs> I do not love doing taxes yeah um what I do love is M the ref mm -hmm. um and taxes doing taxes is are, a part of that is a part of making okay. M the ref a reality so, so you'd say more there's obligation as a part of love yeah. okay Interesting. Yeah. Um, because again, I think that when we're talking about love, it's such a experience for the individual mm -hmm. that like it is kind of hard to pinpoint what the common theme is. It's sure. like what somebody's passionate about, you might not be. Like yeah. there are people that love to do taxes. I don't get it either. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there are people out there like that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so my journey recently has been not to say that there's like love on one side and then obligation on the other, but to be able to find the love in the obligation too, if that makes sense. Because I think there is a way, as strange as it is, to do your taxes in a way that like evokes the same sense or has your finger on the pulse of like that kind of whatever you want to call it, because it is kind of inevitable at the end of the day. Ineffable. There inevitable. we go. Yeah, inevitable and ineffable. <laughs> um, but like it's it's hard to describe what love is. It's a feeling. Okay. And so I think that you can bring that feeling out of things. And for some things, the feeling's already there. But it's not inherent to the thing. Mm. You know, like yeah. one of one of the other people that I listened to said that, like, you know, if you really want something and you get it, there's no inherent happiness in that thing. It's not like, you know this microphone or even any activity has an inherent sure. happiness in it. It's just, it brings something out of you that's there. Mm. Um, and that's kind of how I view love, I guess. That's like, you know, if you know the path to bring it out, you can find it wherever. 
thing. That's kind of the beauty of it. So it's like a process that you can practice or like a, an experience. I, I think that for me, my gateway is gratefulness. Mm. If I can be grateful for a situation, I can feel love towards it. At least for me. That's like, you know, I go on my spirit walks <laughs> where I go outside and I just walk around a bit and just try and um, quiet my mind and be present. Sure. Um, and in those moments, uh, I can be grateful for really small things. Like on one of my walks, I found, like, I think I told you about this. I saw a woodpecker yeah. and I spent like 10 minutes just looking at the woodpecker woodpecker, <laughs> uh, and just being grateful that I could like be there to experience that in that moment. Sure. And there was this kind of sense of love there just for existence, I guess, or just for being able to experience that. Sure. Um, and it's not that like, you know, if I see a woodpecker in a different situation, it's going to bring out love for me. It's more in that moment I was looking for it and I was able to find it in a surprising place. Um, and so I guess with with everything we're going to talk about, um, the call to action part of it for okay. me yeah. is to try and surprise yourself where you can find love. Because there are, there are places where I think it is obviously for everybody. Sure. And I don't mean to discourage that. Like, please do what makes you happy and do what you love. Definitely, 100%. But you can also try and find love in the places that you don't expect to find it. And it doesn't require so much of like a actively searching as just being open to when you feel it. Mm -hmm. um, and being self-aware of what that feeling is for you. Interesting. Know what I mean? Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, again, I think if you put it in the context of what you talked about, like, I don't like doing taxes, but I love M through F. And like this gets us one step closer to realizing our goal at the end of the day. So I can find enough in me right now to enjoy doing this because I know what it leads to. Yeah. You know what I mean? That maybe that's a few degrees from love, but it's closer than it was before. Sure. It's not just this thing you got to do, you know. Interesting. With gratefulness and love being so kind of like hand in hand for you, do you find that you are more grateful than you've been in the past? Or do you find that you're going out of your way to find gratefulness uh, in the hopes of finding love? Um, I think, because gratefulness is very much, for me anyway, like a mindset mm. um, that's like, if I can train myself to see the positive in this situation, then that's what brings out love. So that's what I mean of like the, it's more of the gateway for me. Okay. Of like the thing that I do is be grateful. Gotcha. And the thing that comes from that is love. Mm. If that makes sense. But I think everybody's got different gateways too. Sure. Where like, um, for some people it's like feeling like the, like fulfillment, feeling like they've done something worthwhile. Needed or just yeah. like being productive or. Yeah, and I definitely get that too, is yeah. like the more mundane the thing, the less easy it is to feel like, <clears throat> I don't know, like swept up in it in the same way that like you associate with love. Sure. Um, but if you can at least be grateful towards something about it, for me anyway, it's a lot easier to kind of pinpoint that feeling that is underlying the task that I'm doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And again, just finding it where I don't expect to. Sure. Where's some of the places that you least expected to find it where you did see it? Uh, again, looking at a woodpecker. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, there was uh, an instance where it had just snowed 
It was a lot. I don't know if you remember a couple of weeks ago, it like really snowed a uh -huh. lot. Um, and I hadn't been outside in a couple of days mm -hmm. and it was like five degrees outside. Yeah. Very cold. But I was like, it's time for a spirit walk. So right. I went outside and I literally could not get my footing because of how much snow there was. Yeah. So I was just slipping and sliding. And if you are walking with an intention, like I'm trying to get somewhere, sure. anything like ice or slipperiness is not fun at all. Because oh, no. you're like, yeah. this is an obstacle that's preventing me from where I'm going. Sure. But in that moment, I didn't have any place to be. I was just walking to walk. And so the slipperiness became playful for mm -hmm. me, where I like wasn't even trying to get my footing. I was just kind of like going with the flow of it, allowing mm -hmm. the snow to kind of shape <laughs> where I was walking. Sure. And like, you know, I almost went down a couple of times too, but like it was, it was fun. Yeah. Um, and, and in that moment, just being able to be with that moment sure. as it was and not being like, well, I got to walk here or, you know, it has to be this. I've been um, seeing... It just got me out of that kind of ego thing. A lot of people refer to those moments as, um, glimmers mm. have you so i haven't but it's I like that like um i think fun like funnily enough funnily enough funny enough funny yeah, there you go. Funnily it's, it's a tough day for words <laughs> it we're both is. struggling what's up with the word is there a word planet a communication plan which there's a planet that's <laughs> retrograding right now I'm yeah sure you that yeah. um it's not us <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're um, both earth signs yeah so it's... we're very grounded okay <laughs> um glimmers uh mm -hmm. so much like how funny enough we train ourselves to note triggers and things that kind of put us on edge mm. so that we can either pre prepare ourselves for the anxiety that they bring or avoid those situations altogether or just better uh develop coping mechanisms to deal with them mm -hmm. um glimmers are those moments where you just feel like magic <laughs> or just mm -hmm. like completely yeah yourself or just pure mm -hmm. bliss um i think it's just as important to note those moments too and yeah. build them more into our routine or um note what elements made us feel that the the let like yeah. absence of structure and not having anywhere to mm -hmm. be and 100 the ability to like lean into that fun that you felt yeah and and in that same walk like i was just walking back from i had like something a bag in my hand there was a dude that was shoveling his like steps uh -huh. and he didn't see me he just chucked it straight up in the air <laughs> and it came right back down all hit me in the face yeah. and he was like so apologetic he's like sure. i didn't see you there yeah and i was like cracking i was cracking up i couldn't can't wait uh, to crack yeah. up <laughs> <laughs> i was laughing my ass off because it was so like in that moment i didn't take any i know he didn't mean yeah anything. i didn't take it anything. wasn't malicious yeah i wasn't like in my feelings about it i wasn't like you know like protecting my person sure. in any kind of way you embarrassed me yeah, yeah i was just kind of open to the experience and in that moment i like felt like a deep connection to you know like not just that dude but just like the experience of it sure um and again i don't want to get too much into my typical you know non-dualistic stuff yeah um but um, the general consensus on that side of things and for the people that I listen to is kind of like that's the natural state of oneness and connectedness that the universe feels for itself. Uh -huh. And those glimmers are kind of those moments where whatever you want to call it, spirit, the divine, yeah. um, love even, sure. because I think it is that kind of default state of connectedness. Yeah. Um, 
it's when it kind of peeks through the surface of the ego. Mm. And then for that moment, you're kind of lost in the moment. Um, and, and that's where that kind of glimmer comes from. At least that's the non-dualistic answer for it. Sure. Um, which I kind of like because no, it's, it's kind of like, you know, I, I feel like the moments, like you can't really control where you feel love. Mm. It's more like you just allow it to happen or you yeah. go with it. Like you, you, you see it there and then you allow it to like, like you said, consume you or take over or you, you let it have the reins for a little bit. Sure. Um, and, and so that's why like, it's so hard to like make it happen if it's not happening. Oh, Cause it's, yeah. it's not that that's kind not of thing at all. Works. Yeah. Um, it just kind of requires you to like release your control a little bit and, and, um, you know, at least that's the answer that the people I listen to say is like those moments when you do relax control is when you're going to feel it. Cause it's not like you grasping at it, which I kind of like. No, you know. yeah, mm -hmm. I love that. But um, all that aside, very yeah. good conversation. Oh, yeah. Um, there are different types of love, um, oh. different definitions for love, Okay. you might say. And one of the things that I want to do and one of the things I researched is just the different types. Okay. There's like eight different types, I think. That's a lot. Um, that all come from like Greek. Sure. So there's, there's a lot of different types of love and more than anything just to... I think since love is ineffable, it's easy to not, or, or, or to kind of all lump it together, I guess, or, or to feel like it's strange to feel in one place instead of another, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and my, my hope with this anyway, is that like talking about the different types just allows for a greater acceptance of all the different ways that love shows up. Um, cause it can show up in a lot of different ways. It's not yeah. just like there's one love and oh, we, definitely you know. not. Yeah. It's a million ways. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, uh, these are the different types of love. Let's hear them. Uh, the first one is Eros. 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 Yeah. What, what do you think that one is? Um, I mean, uh, the, these roots sound very similar to words that, you know, uh huh. like they're Latin Greek ish. Sure. So it honestly, you could probably guess a good handful. Is it like erotic mm -hmm. okay yep it's erotic like passionate love okay and that's typically again mentioned first because when we think of like love we're typically sure. thinking of romantic sexual yeah okay. um and and that's not the only like romantic kind of love mm. but it's typically like again the more passionate it says the intoxicating thrill Oof, interesting. Right. Yeah, that's, that's a fun part. Eros. Yeah. Um, or infatuation, romance, attraction. It's typically like your honeymoon phase. Sure. So when you're feeling that, that's Eros. Okay. Um, but one of the interesting things that they mentioned about it is that it draws people together, but it's not like, sus like consistently sustainable. Mm -hmm. The reason it's called a honeymoon phase and like it's typically thought of as like wearing off. Mm -hmm. It's like it's not like you never feel that for that person again, but it's like it's the spark. I see. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's what it, it's chemistry. Sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that's that type. And by comparison, there is what's called pragma, which is enduring love. Okay. Um, and this is much more like your commitment and your practicality. It's your long-term bonding. Sure. So whereas you have like the arrows to be like, mm -hmm. light that fire. Yeah. That's the, the spark. Pragma is what maintains it. It's the kindling, it. gotcha. right? Like okay. when, when you, when that fire sparks, you mm -hmm. need like consistent care in order to keep that fire going. Mm -hmm. And that's the pragma side of things. Gotcha. Uh, the, the other thing to mention is it's not either or. 
there's a clinical psychologist called Christina Hallett, PhD, uh, and she notes that strong romantic relationships involve a combination of eros and pragma at the same time. Mm. So Ooh. it's not just like you've, you know, it's like the honeymoon the phase yeah. waves off and then we never feel that towards each other again. Yeah. Um, but I do think that in certain relationships, like it's easy to be like, well, where was that spark? Where did it go? Yeah. And it's easy to dip into pragma. But uh -huh. it's nice to remember... Number one, that's kind of the natural way that relationships evolve. Sure. Eros kind of evolves into pragma. Yeah. But also, like, you need to have both present. And so if you got to stoke one of those fires, yeah, it can help create a more healthy balance, you know. Sure. Interesting. So okay. both of these are kind of, should be happening in the same relationship. Just anyway. in tandem with mm -hmm. one another. Yeah. Okay. This, this is actually one of my favorites. I didn't know this had, like, a name. But it's called Ludus. Luda. Luda. <laughs> Roll up. L-U-D-U-S. L-U-Ludus. Okay. Ludus, right? Do you have any idea what this is? Um. I, I, I don't <laughs> think this one has like yeah, a, I'm not buying, yeah. a Latin root. I can't get there. It's playful love. Oh. So this is like flirty fun childhood crush kind of love oh uh, like yeah. a little schoolyard crush yeah. that's f interesting Absolutely. i didn't know this had a word okay right? tell yeah. me more that's what i mean is like it's a very i like this because it's very much um i don't know i i never had a word to describe this before <laughs> and it's something i feel very it's very interesting i feel for uh, uh, a lot of hopeless romantics which mm -hmm. i would consider myself to be um it develops in your like coming of age era mm, yeah. and so like you have these like huge like all-consuming crushes mm -hmm. uh and it kind of takes a lot of your life unfortunately but well we'll talk about that too. <laughs> don't worry <laughs> but yeah there is something that's so charming and um like fascinating mm -hmm. about those like it's just yeah. the youthfulness of it all the just 100%. something that i worry is non-existent but i'm curious to see what you have to say because i'm like maybe it's something that we can experience no matter our age oh yeah no it's definitely like ageless mm -hmm. in the sense that you feel it and i think the other thing like the most important note that i have here is the fact that like ludus doesn't always lead to eros or pragma mm. sometimes you just feel that you know what I mean? Like yeah. sometimes like there's flirtiness and sure. there's kind of like a crush thing that sometimes never evolves into anything else. Yeah. It, and I think having the understanding that this is a type of love can allow you to have a better handle on it because I know how intoxicating it can be sure. or how overwhelming or how it can easily turn into an unhealthy obsession kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but like understanding that it's completely natural to feel this kind of love, mm -hmm. um, I don't know, I, I think allows you to better understand if you're having a crush that like <laughs> fantasy is good, but mm -hmm. it's also easy to like become super consumed in that. Sure. And reality never matches that. Know what I mean? Yeah. Like the amount of times you have crushes on people and then it doesn't go the way that you were expecting in your head, that letdown is like more for letting that ludus go a little too unreined like in. letting it run a little yeah way. you know what i, I mean see. yeah um like you can have it 
sure. it's 100% fine. It's funny because just... I even hear that people in committed relationships, mm-hmm. um, they experience ludus with people who other than their partners. Yeah. And that's part of what helps them have these strong relationships, like mm-hmm. committed relationships, is they are able to kind of get something like not inherently sexual but like mm-hmm. i don't know it's very interesting that this has a name yeah, yeah. right um yeah. and and is kind of like seen as its own i think it can sometimes crushes their thought of like this baby version of like sure. eros you know yeah or like this undeveloped thing but like it in an it in of itself goodness Regular again grade. words yeah the fucking <laughs> i don't know what's going on I, I used all my words on wordle I think. <laughs> um but anyway, it, it's nice to know that this type of love has its, like, it, it's there for a reason. Yeah. And, like, it's it's also not, like, you only feel one type of love towards one type of person. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. sometimes it's going to naturally fall into one category, sometimes it's going to another. And if we're looking at it from the perspective of acceptance and wholeness, it's mm-hmm. like, you need a little bit of all of this in your life to feel like you're getting the whole spectrum the whole of love. Scope of everything. You know, like if if again that that um like the pragma's there, you're in a long committed relationship, but the spark isn't there anymore, like stoke that eros and that sure. ludus yeah. to try and like make it playful and fun again because like that's a part of yourself that's going unserved. Yeah. You know? It's because, int- like individually and I can't believe you said there are eight of these. There are five more that you're mm. about to tell me about mm-hmm. right now. It's just I'm already with the three you've given me. It's just like you can already start to like yeah, pick these combinations of like, oh, I have this in my friend Blase Blase. Or mm-hmm. I have a little bit of this with 100%. Uh, my friend from back home. Yeah. Or like this is what I had in my ex or this is what I want in a future partner. These are still very much like um, romantic in the sense of mm-hmm. like their partners. Like sure. I think Ludus is not. Like it's more it's crushy, more kind of general, and like, yeah, yeah. Um, and you can feel it towards a lot of different. I think like even friendships have this oh, kind of love, definitely. Um, yeah. but the ones that we're gonna get into are much more like friendship and stuff. Cool. You want to get into it? Oh yeah, let's <laughs> yeah, do okay. it. Yeah. Okay. So the first one is philia, which Ooh. is deep friendship. Bye, philia. So this is deep, long-lasting platonic relationships. Okay. Um, so I, I would consider what we have to be in this category. Aww. That's like we have, and it's it's less of a surface level thing. It's more like we can talk about anything. Yeah. Deep trusting, you know, friendships. Yeah. Um, and by comparison, there's, I had to look up how to say this because it looks like another word. Philadia. It looks like fellatio. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it means self-love. Oh, and this is actually one that, yeah, it doesn't mean, <laughs> that's why I had to look it up. Um, like self-compassion. Okay. And one of the quotes that when I was looking this up said, you can't pour from an empty cup, <sighs> which is a really good metaphor. And I think something that we both, Definitely. like we tend to gravitate towards some of these other different types of love. Um, and where maybe in order to do that, you will feel like you're overextending yourself unless you have enough philodia to meet it. Mm. This self-love, compassion, treating yourself with kindness. So philadia has to be present in everything, I would argue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that it is the like substrate. Like You need to have this before you can love in a healthy way in these other ways. Mm-hmm. Because if you aren't fulfilling your own requirements for self-love, mm-hmm. you're always going to be searching for something in the other person. 
Sure. Like, I, I feel like it kind of taints the other versions of it because it's like, well, you aren't giving me what I need. When in reality, you need to be enough mm-hmm. first, right? Yeah. So much of relationships, I think, are, again, trying to fulfill that sense of lack. Yeah. Um, that that only can come from a relationship with yourself, first and foremost. Before you can yeah. start even trying to get there. And I'm very guilty of this. Oh, like, I think we, I, I think we both are. Yeah. Um, just in terms of, like, not leaving enough room for ourselves because we are you know, trying to be kind and, you know, just saying yes to anything because we don't want to offend them. But Mm -hmm. is that really treating ourselves with kindness in the same way that we want to treat others? You know, I see. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And and that's always a good reminder because I I think as a whole, people don't treat themselves very nicely. So a sad truth. Yeah. A a reminder to always love yourself first and foremost, um, and not in the egocentric way, but in the way of like, Make sure you're treating yourself with the kindness that you are also treating other people with. 100%. And I think I'm excited because I think we are entering a wave where this, um, the importance of like self-love and self-compassion. Mm-hmm. And mental uh, health mental awareness. Mental health awareness yeah. that's like been brought to the forefront and people are more aware of it than they ever have been. Mm-hmm. So I hope we can get to a point where people can voice their opinions and know exactly what they need yeah. and they aren't seeking in other people and they know exactly like the, their boundaries mm-hmm. like more Felicia yeah, <laughs> yeah right people. Felicia it's, it's close it's close uh, so we got three more oh let's hear them yeah we got storage I can't S-T-O-R-G-E. 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 It seems pretty like metal, like pretty hardcore. Uh, yeah, I imagine it's got to be like, or like a Storgy or Storhe or something. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it looks weird. <laughs> this is familiar love. Um, so it's kind of like family love. Oh, um, familiar they say love. It also applies or- to friends, but it's it's not like, for example... It's not like the family you choose. Like we're incredibly close friends, but we met when we were like 18. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't include that because this particular love is very based around memory. It's very oh. deeply rooted in your memory. It's familiar love. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think this one, we had a conversation recently of like, you know, you don't always like your parents, mm. but you always love them, sure. you know, and when you become a real person <laughs> and develop your own opinions and feelings yeah. and things, you may be like, I would never be friends with my parents sure. because we're just different people. Yeah. Um, but you still feel this sense of storage, this like familial family love. Yeah. Like this kind of duty commitment. But it, it's not that. It's just like, you know, we're, Those... we're kin. You sure. could never take that from yeah. us. Yeah, like those your childhood friends. Yeah, like it's just like these memories. And, and again, that it, it's like people that you were friends with when you were like three. Interesting. Three to five. You okay. know what I mean? It's like the real deep cuts. Yeah, <laughs> can't um, take that away. Yeah. Huh? Storage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Then we got my favorite, oh. agape. Oh, agape. Mm-hmm. Which I think some people know just because yeah. it's it's a very you know. It's a concept that's out there. Sure. Uh, this is like your universal love. So it's selfless love, kindness, unconditional love. Uh-huh. This is why we talked about loving yourself first. It's impossible to have agape love unless you are fulfilling the requirement for self-love first. Gotcha. Because um, again, 
if you are thinking, well, I'm naturally lacking and I need someone to compliment that, uh -huh. it's never going to be enough. Yeah. So you got to fulfill that requirement, be whole first, and then your relationships can hopefully be a little bit more reflecting of agape love, mm -hmm. which is I, I don't have any requirement from you. And, and I think, you know, the other relationships can learn a lot from this too. Like uh, family love can learn a lot from agape love. Because as much as parents love to say that my love for you is unconditional, sure. a lot of times it is conditional upon sexuality or religion or decisions are, or yeah. yeah, yeah, all that stuff, life decisions. Yeah. Um, and, and in that way, it's not truly unconditional. Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, it, it doesn't decrease the love that you have with your family, but it's sure. not agape because that truly gives without expecting anything in return. Yeah. Um, so I think we can all learn something from that. Yeah, agape. And in my original example, I think agape also is the um, what non-dualists talk about, that sense of like oneness and mm. connectedness that the universe feels for itself. It's very much agape love. Interesting. That's like, you know. And this agape is like friends, family, lovers. Yeah, it can apply anywhere. Countrymen. Mm -hmm. okay. and, and I think it's it's generally like... The reason we want to do M through F is because we feel this need to do something good and to give back to the community. And when we think community, we're not thinking like, well, this is the way that the community gives back to us. Oh, yeah. Or this is, we, we want to help the community, but just this group. Like oh. that would be conditional. Sure. But even the fact that we're like, we want everybody to benefit from this and we just want to make the world a better place. Like the whole premise of this podcast is very agape. That's like... We don't know how we're going to go about doing it, but we have this kindness that we're extending to everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that kind of falls under the agape realm. Love that. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And the last one is sometimes not even considered love. <laughs> um, this is where I think your ludus can go awry. Oh. It's called mania. Mania. Which is obsessive love. Um, and again... It's very borderline whether or not you call this love because it very frequently branches into lust sure. or greed or, you know, pick a, a deadly sin. It probably falls under that. Yeah. Um, it's very unhealthy. Yeah. And I think it's it's probably the counterpart to, again, self-love when you need some fulfillment sure. from someone um, and, and you have a tendency to seek that maybe a little more than you should. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah. Interesting. That's kind of so a different So a lot of... Life. Very in the spit back on Eminem, um, a little. Yeah. I, I, Stan. I, truth be told, yeah, that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted at the halftime show. Bring the so, mood down a little bit of Stan. You don't feel agape love towards Eminem because it's conditional upon him playing rap god. And Stan. And Stan. <laughs> Bring it back around. Yes, but Stan definitely yeah. a form of mania. But it is that storage love. Because I just remember. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, growing up on it. That definitely appealed to that sense. Yeah. Because I was like... <laughs> it's deeply rooted in our nostalgia. Yeah. That's why, like, nostalgia stuff is always going to be here. Because, sure. like, you know. We can't get enough. Yeah, it's always, you know, stranger things. They always go back, like, 30, 20 years. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what the gap is. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So those are all the different types of love. I think also, like, one of the resources to check out, I wanted to talk about it, but we're a little low on time, mm -hmm. um, the uh, Love Languages. Oh, yes. like Which is also, yeah. And, and that's, like, super, yeah, that's, that's super, it, it's well in the culture enough now that I think that we don't have to talk about it. Like, sure. 
if you're curious about it, I definitely recommend checking it out. Definitely. But it's just how you best receive love and how you tend to give love. And understanding what your partner likes to receive and what they naturally give can help you kind of, um, I don't want to say come to an agreement. That's way too business-like. <laughs> but at least have an understanding of how to best show up um, yeah. and to demonstrate whatever love it is that you feel towards somebody. True. Because, um, yeah. It's all valuable. Uh, we have to come to, like, the acknowledgement that we are living in a society with other people. Mm -hmm. And we have to take into consideration that they exist differently. They love differently. They express mm -hmm. themselves differently. Um, but the most exciting part about that is that fellatio. That fellatio. is the fellatios of it all. Um, and being able to... Figure out mm -hmm. how you express yourself, uh, yeah. your love language, um, what you need. Um, just figuring out where you fit in mm -hmm. in relation to the rest of the world. Um, if we can reframe that to be exciting and valuable and not like selfish or draining mm -hmm. or unnecessary. Yeah. It's very crucial. And, and again, my, my take on it is, you know, when I first got into therapy, uh, my therapist was like, why are you doing this? And mm -hmm. I was like, so I can be a better friend, better brother, better like son, like uh, just a better member of the community. And she was like, well, what about you? And I was like, what, what about me? Mm -hmm. Like why? I, I just didn't have any concept of like self-love or like caring for myself. Um, and, you know, I've, I've come to realize that, again, I think the other forms of love can be self secretly selfish if you're not mm. careful um, because you're constantly looking for the validation in them if you're not giving it to yourself first and foremost. So again, I, I'm a big firm believer that that uh, philadia needs to come first so that you can, you know, have, have a steady baseline yeah. and again, have something to give. So when you give, it's not with the expectation of getting something back. Yeah. Or, you know, I am crushing on you hard, so you should be crushing on me in the same way. Sure. You can truly, really lean into the ludus of it all. Luda. Luda. If you um, have that sustainable self-love, that at the end of the day, I'm not expecting anything out of it. I'm giving it freely. And if it's something we both want to enjoy, we can do. Like when you are pouring from an empty cup it is very easy to be like oh, mm -hmm. in time i'm gonna get something in me and it'll yeah. be okay and then doesn't always work like that doesn't always work like that yeah. so you gotta get something in you yourself mm -hmm. and i don't think it's selfish to pour into yourself because i think it allows you to pour into others better it 100%. just has to come first i love that i mm -hmm. love that um i and you touched upon this i wanted to mention this article that I came across. Oh, please. With um about romantic friendships. Mm, yeah. I feel like there's um this questioning, this great questioning that's happening at least in my sphere on the internet um where there's this divide with how we differ um when we are interacting with our lovers, mm. um our friends, our family, and in some ways, very, there should be a clear line, a yeah. differentiation. But like simple things like kissing your friends or hugging your friends, I feel like even then that on top of COVID, uh, 
on top of like gender roles i yeah. think about like oh well yeah i hug all my girlfriends but i think about like i'm like my guy friends i'm not really sure if i see them being as mm. affectionate with yeah we don't kiss the homies <laughs> and why not you know yeah we should yeah yeah i agree i am very pro saying i love you to my friends mm-hmm. um and as someone whose love language is words of affirmation, that's like very needed. Yeah. You know? So that's good to know. Yeah. yeah. So we are all pro. I'm unfortunately um, prone to saying it to strangers. I get mm. very into conversations and I'm like, love you. Bye. And I'm like, shit. Well, I think, again, I, I, I don't know if that's uh, there. There are some people that just never hear that. <laughs> yeah and you know I, I have friends who have been like my dad has told me he's loved me like three times in my wow. life yeah um especially again amongst dudes who don't like express feelings that way or you know the traditional older generation doesn't yeah. so yeah no I, I would say take joy in it like a, again especially if you're coming from a place of like i've got more than enough to share definitely that's N- never be ashamed of that. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the world needs more of that. I won't be. I'll keep on loving strangers. Yeah, yeah I think that's important. Um, that actually helps me segue into the um, organization I want to yeah. spotlight. Uh, this episode, we are spotlight- spotlighting coffee, hip-hop, and mental health. Mm-hmm. They're this local organization based in the city, and they work on educating communities on the importance of prioritizing mental health. So all about that. Philadelphia, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, not just the month of love, but the month of black love and celebrating mm-hmm. um, all that we have done for this planet. <laughs> but it is a black owned and incredibly diverse run nonprofit who offers uh, free therapy to those who oh, otherwise wow. wouldn't have access to it. That's awesome. Um, so it's such a very necessary resource that I think, especially in um, BIPOC communities, um, is typically frowned upon um, or you're pivoted to just, you know, go to church or mm-hmm. whatever it may be. Um, there's just a lack of knowledge surrounding the importance of mental health and the impacts it has on your relationships and how you uh, interact in the community. And just it is exponentially beneficial to mm-hmm. everyone. And I really think that the work they're doing is incredible. And it isn't just about therapy. They offer um, food, jobs, clothes, wow. toiletries, the essentials. They're doing like good yeah, work. That's awesome. Um, and the founder, Chris Lamarck, he is a fellow creative. Um, that's where the hip hop comes from in the name. Um, he's a musician who says hip hop saved his life. And he felt called to help his community cope with trauma and normalize mental health through a cafe that you'll be able to visit in the city very soon. Um, They're working on getting like a brick and mortar in the spring. But in the meantime, if you want to support, they are selling like virtual treats that all like 100 percent of the proceeds go to supporting their staff, go to supporting um, the community and offering these people who very much so need these resources. That's awesome. Yeah, they're incredible. This is great. Yeah, you can check them out on their website, uh, org. that's M as in Mary, or hit them up on Instagram. They're very active on there. It's Coffee, Hip Hop, and Mental Health. That's all spelled out. Uh, they're doing some really cool stuff. Yeah, definitely check them out. And I'll have to check it out myself when yeah. they have that brick and mortar. That sounds so cool. It's so fun. Yeah, I yeah. can't wait to see it. Also, I mean, to top off the um, love episode, 
we have a new way that you can show us love, mm -hmm. uh, which is very cool. We're working on getting some extra stuff for you guys. Um, but in the meantime, we wanted to launch our Give a Buck campaign. Uh, do you want to explain what the Give a Buck campaign is all about? I definitely do. So we love what we do here. And we're trying to acquire resources and funding to be able to uh, do what we do on a much larger scale. Mm -hmm. um, we really give a fuck about the community. Um, and all you have to do is give a buck about it, too. Um, so we have launched a Patreon that allows you to donate however much you can on a monthly basis and kind of become a member with us. Mm -hmm. uh, it allows you to get kind of behind the scenes look at what we're doing, what we're hoping to accomplish over the next couple of years, uh, especially this year, which we believe is gonna be a really big and monumental year for us. Um, we have different tiers depending on your income and we're always open to discussing other ways uh, you can help and support. Uh, we've always been the first people mm -hmm. to say monetary, uh, like in financial funds, though greatly appreciate it, is definitely not the only way you can contribute. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Um, and, and again, we would like to launch several more projects, like mm -hmm. physical projects. We've talked about Jack of All Trades on the show, I think, before, oh, uh, which is a show that we want to um, produce with myself that just goes out in the community, talks to people of these different trades and occupations, and learns to be curious and empathize um, in the style of like an Anthony Bourdain or, you know, the goat. Uh, yeah, all, all these different lovely Viceland shows, <laughs> <laughs> Action Bronson, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but we just want to get curious about the community, and this is a way to do it. And anything that you give to us will um, directly go into being able to afford resources to make that happen. And not only that, we also have um, some tiered rewards that we're going to be war um, handing out for you guys if you do want to give a buck. So right now, since we don't have a whole lot, <laughs> just giving a dollar is more than enough. More we really appreciate it. Um, with that, you are going to have access to Ask a Chump. So if you donate $1 a month, you're going to be able to ask us anything you want on our Patreon. And we're going to start doing a segment every episode of Chumps for Change where we ask any question you may have for us and answer it. Mm -hmm. um, so if you want your opportunity to be featured on the podcast through something like that, again, give a buck. Uh, ask us a question. We'd be happy to answer it for you. We do have some different tiers on there too, but again, not a whole lot. Uh, you don't have to give yeah, more than a buck. <laughs> but we'd be very grateful. Yeah, it all and supports we're us. big talkers, and yeah, every bit of the proceeds goes directly to helping mm -hmm. artists in our community. Um, and as we come up with more content, too, we're going to definitely level out those tiers a little bit more. So if you do give $5 a month, if you give $10 a month, you're going to get a little extra something there, oh, too. Some time. behind the scenes, some extra interview questions, yeah. you know, all of that we kind of stuff. We know living ain't cheap, so <laughs> yeah. we'll do whatever we can to, like, make it count. But Absolutely. we are in this together, and we're happy to be in it with you guys. Yeah. But So I definitely no pressure, but we did want to do this as a way that we could potentially, you know, see who's interested, expand our community, expand our portfolio, and be able to reach more people. Yeah. So anything that you give is appreciated. Any love that you show us, we say it at the end of every episode. But <laughs> and we mean it. It is very much true, and this is just an extra way to show love if anybody feels inclined. Totally. So. But other than that, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Chumps for Change. Thank you all so much for listening and engaging with us. We truly mean it when we say we appreciate every bit of love you've shown us. If you want to join the conversation yourself, 
Give us a follow at M3FCO on Instagram and Twitter. You can also check us out at M-FCollective.com or you can now become a patron by searching M3FCO, that's M-T-H-R-U-F-C-O on Patreon to stay posted with all of our upcoming projects. Until next time, y'all, stay curious and keep creating. We love you and we'll see you next episode. Love y'all.